Hey y'all, welcome to Beauty Needs Me. I am one of your co-hosts, Talia Griffin. And I'm the other, Daniel Dumaso. And what happens now? You, I, so, so first, let me say, Dooney gave me a whole script. I don't know what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> and today we have the pleasure of welcoming Rachel Roth, the founder of Urban Skin RX and Urban Skin Med Spa. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to chat with y'all. We're glad to have you. Yes. Okay. So we're going to start from the beginning. Um, yeah. So tell us about your relationship with beauty growing up. Were you always a beauty and skincare girl? Or did that just kind of happen as you like got into like college? No, 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 no. It was definitely at a young, it was at a younger age. You know, I was at about the age of two, I developed a really large precancerous nevus mole right here on my face. It used to be much, much bigger. And so as far as I can remember, I was self-conscious about my skin, you know, in little mm. kids would tease me and bully me, you know, elementary school, junior high. And so I think starting in junior high, it was, you know, right on my mouth. And so it wasn't so easy to just cut it out because mm. that could distort the way I talked. But so my mom took me to a dermatologist who, as the laser industry was advancing, mind you, I'm 39, this is like 25 years ago. She took me to University of San Francisco Medical Center and this dermatologist that, you know, was doing all these trial studies on different lasers entering the industry. They put me in this trial to see if any of these different lasers could remove it. And all of them failed, but I had to go to like junior high with a Band-Aid on the side of my mouth, like for months because it was always getting burnt and blistered from all these lasers. So, you know, just then I ended up with acne. Then I finally ended up getting some of it cut out. And then I ended up overweight too. So I was very um, obsessed with the beauty industry and just really any tools, service, product that could make me feel better about my appearance because I felt so uncomfortable in my own skin. Wow. Wow. That's a lot. Um, so in terms of skincare, when did you start to hone in on that? Like on your own and, and what led you to want to become a medical um, esthetician? And oh, I'm going to throw another question. What is the difference between a medical esthetician and just an esthetician? So, you know, there are, I'll answer that question first. So being a medical esthetician, you can take continuing education courses that will certify you, you know, it's a private certification. So there's actually no like federal or state, you know, wide program that certifies you as a medical assistant through the medical board versus like the cosmetology board. But through, you know, continuing education courses, you can become a medical esthetician um, and throw around that title. And also it's just kind of known in the industry that some estheticians are very passionate about more holistic, you know, forms of services. Like think of kind of going to a Aveda based spa, you know, it's totally a different, you know, um, kind of direction of aesthetics than if you were to go to a medical spa and be treated by an esthetician doing chemical peels and laser treatments and dermaplaning and microderms. And so it's also just kind of a term that estheticians name themselves to differentiate between, between different types of aesthetics. Got it. Okay. 
Does I mean, that make so, sense at all? It, it does. does. It yeah. does. And it, it, I, I mean, I have some more questions. I know we'll get to them, especially as it pertains to, back like, to the other questions. So I knew in high school that I wanted to be an esthetician and own a med spa. I was raised in California where that industry was kind of like developing faster than throughout the rest of the world. So going to my dermatologist, he had an aesthetics department, which I'm not sure you know, 25, 30 years ago, if you would have found that in North Carolina versus me being in California, I saw that. And so going there and seeing that, I'm like, this is exactly what I want. Like, I don't necessarily want to be a doctor and like cut people up and be a plastic surgeon, you know, and I wasn't that great of a student. So I was like, I don't even know if I can make it into medical school, but this is like my forte, you know, this is something attainable. It looks fun. It looks, um, you know, rewarding and even better, I can be surrounded with all the things I need to make myself look better every day. So, and I love to help other people, you know, aesthetics has always been kind of my form of social work, like mm. a relatable way I can improve people's quality of life. Right. right. So, so with that, um, I remember reading that kind of the med spot got kicked up as far as notoriety when I think Fantasia went. Perhaps. Yeah, so she was one of my first celebrity clients. Um, I founded the Med Spa in 2006, so 14 years ago. And obviously, Charlotte is not Atlanta or, you know, LA. We mm -hmm. do have some celebrities, you know, but it's not a ton. And she was the first one that started frequenting my medical spa. So when it comes to kind of, um, I guess, the the branding of Urban Skin RX because it's a med spa and it's a skincare line, but it's very specific. It's dedicated to the overall health of melanated skin. And I know, I don't know if people know, y'all, Rachel is white. Okay. <laughs> Rachel is white. A lot of people, <laughs> believe it or not, my face is everywhere and people, I just don't think. I think that they just think there's no way I can be white and have this. <laughs> That's exactly what they think. Maybe, maybe she's like, we gotta have something Look, let me, let me tell you. Okay. So we got so many questions. Like, well, is she biracial? I was like, I think she white, but yeah. I don't ask. <laughs> I think I look so white, but if I had a dollar for every time, if somebody asked me if I was mixed, I would, maybe I'd be retired. But, um, <laughs> But have you received any pushback from it being named urban skin and black people being like, is she, she calling me urban? You, you know, not until recently. Um, but, you know, just to tell you a little bit about the story behind the brand. Initially, when I started it, it was really, you know, very much marketed in Charlotte at the med spa as diverse skin tones. You know, we treat from the lightest to the darkest and, you know, kind of like that cheesy advertising you see of like the white Asian and black woman together and you know it was never necessarily like oh I'm going to be the medical spa for African Americans but when there is no other place that's doing that that's letting people know hey no matter your skin tone, if you're, you know, have even the darkest complexion, you can feel safe and get efficacious treatments here. I quickly filled up with nothing but African-American clients. Wow. And so even though it wasn't my intention to necessarily, you know, specialize in one specific ethnicity, it was really like, hey, 
the med spa world is literally turning away people who have skin of color. Like they're not investing in lasers that are safe. They're not training their estheticians. They're not like getting to know the conditions beyond really aging skin, which yeah. is kind of a white woman main concern. And so it just kind of go went, ended up going into a route where very quickly within the first year or two of my business, it was like, it wasn't a diverse clientele. It was actually a very not diverse clientele. Yeah. I didn't care. You know, I was booked and busy and so happy to be making a difference in, you know, a community's lives that was not being appropriately catered to. Right. Um, in terms of the name, so when I was coming up with the name of my business, I was like, what word encompasses like diversity? You know, I grew up in San Francisco, not sure if you know that about me, but like mm -hmm. to me, I really took the word urban literally. You know, I don't yeah. think of an ethnicity as urban. You will, I mean, I challenge anybody to ever find any interview, any website, any social media post that ever refers to us as urban clientele. Like that's not what I think of. I think of in a city you find all cultures, all socioeconomic backgrounds, all ethnicities. And right now I'm not really loving our name, which sucks, you know, cause I'm so proud of who we are. And I, it's was chosen with such a positive, you know, intentions. And so now like to see, especially it kind of was like, as the music industry, you know, through a lot of these social injustice movements started getting under fire, I think it like brought our name into it. And I totally understand, but I can't change our name. And all I can do is, you know, put out there what is our meaning of urban and it's not related to a skin color, it's related to diversity. Right, right. Which is so, you know, when I, so we received um, packages from, from, from your team, thank you. And Talia and I had pro previously used, I think just the even tone cleansing bar. Like I remember mm -hmm. the first time I used it was a few years ago and I mm -hmm. really liked it. So when we got the packages sometime last week, posted about it no lie I had no less than five dms from women being like all black oh my god I love the products they work so good on my skin so it is unfortunate because these are products that are that are working for us you know and and people are loving them but um, but then there's this whole other there's this like cloud that you didn't even you didn't even like you know you know, it's the thing is, you know, with social listening, so, you know, there's obviously part of our marketing job, customer service job is social listening, which right. is, you know, reading reviews. And overall, it's not a lot. It's minimized. I mean, do I know how many people think this and don't speak up about it? Do I know, like, I have yeah. no idea. We refuse to filter comments on our Instagram. It's something very, very important mm. to me that, I mean, everything is up there because if you get caught deleting comments, it and will many brands have not trust you. Like and what else are you deleting? So if you delete somebody who accuses you of being racist or picking the word urban, you know, um, ignorantly, does that mean you're also erasing comments about your products burnt my skin? Like, mm. you know, people write negative reviews about our products too. And I leave them there because I want people to realize that like, 
this might work great for eight out of 10 people, but you have to have realistic expectations. Like we yeah. might be godsend for four out of five, but there might be that one out of five that we just did not work for. Our, yeah. You know, we were too strong for, and that's like, I'm totally into transparency. Yeah. Um, Cause I don't, I don't want, I don't need to mislead people to win. And I think that's so important. And yeah. as I, you know, of course, part of our research, right, we're, we're always like sleuthing through people's profiles. And even on your personal Instagram, I noticed not too long ago, somebody wrote a comment like, oh, I didn't know that, you know, you're white, you're the founder, I don't think I can support this brand. And you were like, I'm sorry that you feel that way. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> like, you'll change your mind. Right, like pink hearts. I was like, I appreciate that. Like, yeah, you don't have to delete it. Just I address mean, it and that's it. it. Today, um, I've never hid who I am. I do sometimes get frustrated because I feel like I'm not one of those companies that have hid who we are. So I'm like, yeah. I was just on a live last week. I'm on the, the cleansing bar box. Like, yeah. you know, I'm sorry you didn't, do your homework and now you're just coming out about it. But I right. also like one thing I repetitively want to make clear, like I so strongly support buying black and I am so fine with somebody that feels the need to take the money that they're investing into our company and see what other brands are emerging that are out there that are skincare for melanin rich skin that are owned by black women and men. Um, mm -hmm. It's necessary. I mean, the only way to start to improve a, a lot of the injustices within the black community is to put more financial backing into it. And so, you know, again, um, I don't have a problem with it. Of course, I love when people say it nicely, right? <laughs> or like, I've never misled anybody about who I am. But you know, investing in the black community and black owned skincare, I full heartedly support that. Right, right. So let's talk for a minute about the funding aspect, um, because you started the med spa first and that was wildly successful. And then you started the skincare line. How did you do that? Because we, <laughs> we, we often hear about women having trouble finding funding for their, yes. you know, especially beauty brands. Yeah. Yeah, no, so I, it's a very interesting story. So when I started my medical spa, I did go to my family with a business plan and had gone to banks and could not get funding and begged my parents to co-sign on a loan for me. I mean, it wasn't an outrageous loan because mind you, it was like a two-room medical spa, but I could not lease my laser and I could not sign the lease to my location like you know my landlord leased on my storefront without them co-signing on it and so I don't want to mislead anybody about that like if it wasn't for them having decent credit and them mm -hmm. believing in me I probably would not be where I am today in terms of funding for my skincare line um this is where it's not realistic for everybody and people will contact me to mentor them. And I do have a very different story was at the time that I created my skincare line, I had a very successful, high trafficked medical spa. Mm. And so I already had a demand. And so, and I was already spending money on skincare products from different lines that people were coming in and buying every single day. And so when I shifted to my own product line, 
that demand was already there. Got yes, it. I had to start off with labs that would agree to much smaller runs, which meant the products per unit were a lot higher. Obviously, me ordering 10,000 units of a Super C serum is a lot cheaper than me going to a lab and saying, I can only order a thousand right now. You know what I mean? Um, but it was just the demand was already there. So in all, and then I didn't put any money into personnel or marketing because at the time that I created the line, it was only for my medical spa clients. I never even had a vision of taking this brand beyond my medical spa. Oh my so God. my mom used to always say to me, why don't you put a website together? This could do good in stores. And I, like my passion was so much on being an esthetician and this medical spa that I wanted to franchise and kind of at the most, all I ever saw was in a bunch of my franchise locations. Yeah. And so when celebrities started coming in for services and were posting it on their social media, it just very organically grew because people kept calling saying, well, I want to buy what Tasha Cobbs just posted. I want to buy what, you know, Tia Mori just posted. And so I was like, well, fuck it. I guess I got to do. You got to get it out there. Yeah. <laughs> and then crazy. honestly, my receptionist for my med spa were the ones answering the 800 number for my e-com site. And they wow. were the ones shipping my products in between checking people in it was and, and so i was able to fund it by literally using employees for different things during slow times yeah and so there are so many gems there one first of all now you're in ulta cvs target what else some, some others uh, soon that some i others it was a, a Durham store and like all these other places. So that's crazy. Not to mention, you know, um, and so also I find interesting because yes, you're an entrepreneur, right? With the med spa, but that was your, your job. And I think there's always this conversation about like whether or not people should quit their jobs in order to like start a new passion. And even though you were your own, you know, your own boss, but you still had a job, which was. Yeah, I was an esthetician you know? prior to starting my med yeah. spa. Um, you know, I think one thing that I had on my side was my age. Like, I was so young and didn't have a ton of responsibility. I didn't have kids. I didn't have a husband. I didn't have, like a lot of debt. And so I was just so fearless. It wasn't like in my mind, like, what if this and how am I going to, you know, pay for this? And mm -hmm. so again, um, I think that that was a benefit to being that young and fearless with like yeah. not a lot of responsibilities. I was yeah. 23, 24 when I started. Wow. Wow. So how have you had to shift the business with COVID, especially with the, with the location of the med spa? So the location, it shut down for six weeks. Um, I furloughed everybody, but my management team and then I just found stuff for them to do worked really hard to apply for a PPP loan did end up getting it and then ended up coming back in May early after a lot of measures and was taken by me my management team and my medical director Dr. Henderson um, and those measures have not changed since May so you know, our front door stays locked. Um, you have to call to check in from your appointment from the car door. I mean, from your car, you can't bring in a friend, a, you know, a guest. You can't even bring in a child. We won't even let you bring in kids. Mm -hmm. At the time, 
that you call to check into your appointment, we let you know that your provider will call you back when they're ready for you and you'll, they'll meet you at the front door. You get your temperature wow. taken, you, wow. you have a mask, gloves. Our, our waiting rooms are completely shut down. So you go straight to your treatment room. Um, we have like acrylic everywhere. Um, have you fill out your paperwork? We have a little paperwork station outside of our front door so you don't even have to come in. It's official. <laughs> official. So yeah, people have actually, like, we have a lot of reviews that they feel so safe in our location, but it is different. I mean, obviously, you know, bringing in friends with you is good exposure for our business, but I would say that 85 to 90% of our income has returned to normal since wow. COVID. And That's that was from day one, the day we reopened, yeah. we're back at about 90%. Wow. And the skincare line has increased also. Yes. Yeah, so we had um, a huge viral activity on TikTok in February this year. We, and we weren't on TikTok. We had a girl who's not even an influencer post a video of our even tone cleansing bar and some really good before and after pictures in the video, I guess through their algorithm or whatever got ended up getting like 5 million views in like 24 hours. Wow. And it set off this insane viral act. Like literally every, every kid between like the ages of like 14 and 20 went to target and Ulta and even Sephora, which we aren't in to buy our cleansing. <laughs> they oh were at places God. you don't even sell. <laughs> this girl on her video actually started this thing called hashtag three week clear skin challenge. So you know how TikTok works, it's all about a challenge. And um, it was very different for us because we didn't really, our consumer had so heavily been African-American millennial women. And this yeah. was a much more diverse and younger clientele that it, we weren't as in tune with their like shopping behaviors. And it was just, we sold out everywhere so fast and it was like overnight, our volume just doubled and wow. we really didn't recover. Our inventory didn't recover from that for about four or five months and then COVID hit and the skincare industry boomed even more. And um, so it was interesting to grow that much, learn about a new social platform, learn about a more diverse clientele's needs and trends. Um, and now we're back to normal. Now I would yeah. say, I mean, we've grown and we've stayed grown, but right. we aren't just like growing at that rate anymore. Now we've like grown and we're stayed at like that level. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the product. So first of all, you guys just won the 2020 Allure Best of Beauty for both of your cleansing bars, right? Yes. Clear so, so we have one for the combination bar and then the newest Allure award was for the body cleansing bar. Yes, the body cleansing bar. So it's sold out that I can't get. Anywhere, right. Back in. Let me check. Because when I went on the site. Oh, no, Talia. I when I went on package. the site last week, when I went on the site last week, the entire body thing, it's like three different things. That's sold out. Yeah, Wait, that Talia, out did you get the package? the body cleansing bar for $32 right now. You yeah. just buy the whole collection. Yeah, it's I a, wanted the whole thing. Well, no, what I got was this. These both look like stuff for your face, clear skin, cleansing, but the body stuff says body. Oh, maybe yes, we got so something we different. I got a, the body bar. Yeah, you can buy the body bar. Okay, because I wanted yeah. all three, and I was like, yeah. "Ooh, it, I, got, I, think I got the body back, one. I think we'll be back in next week. I'll be watching. I signed okay. up with email. So, 
So let's talk about these products a little bit because one of the things that really got me were the ingredients because I'm not used to seeing azelaic acid, kojic acid, niacinamide, and alpha arbutin in cleansers. I'm used to seeing them as like serums or, you know, in some sort of an essence, but I'm not, I think this might be the first time I'd seen them in cleansers, which I thought was was really great. And I was like, this is why these products work so well. Can you talk a little bit about the, like the thought process of including those ingredients in these products? Yeah. So, you know, when dealing with melanin rich skin, it's always more prone to hyperpigmentation. And I've been questioned a lot about like, what makes your brand really good for melanin rich skin? Are you just saying that? Are you just putting diverse looking models on, you know, marketing? Like, and I think that what really sets us apart from other skincare lines is we recognize that melanin rich skin hyperpigments. And so even if you're buying one of our products for acne or for, you know, anti-aging or for hydration, we're always looking to infuse ingredients that fight hyperpigmentation with it. So in almost all of my products, you will find either an alpha arbutin or a kojic acid or a niacinamide. Um, just because I know that no matter what my client's going through with their skin, they want to keep it even toned. Um, exactly. But in terms of the cleansing bar specifically, you know, it was really with that in, in mind is I wanted this cleansing bar to, cleansers are a great entry product for somebody to try a brand. But, you know, it's pretty hard to make a cleanser have very noticeable results. And that's where I had found that by increasing the active ingredients, yep. by using an exfoliating sponge, by encouraging people to leave it on for two minutes at a time, if not longer, you really could get good results. And um, I think, you know, all of the amazing reviews have proved that, that they are more than just a cleanser. Yeah. And so the other products I want to talk about a little bit is the acne and blemish control mask. Cause I don't think oh, that yeah. I have seen, I don't think I've used a product with sulfur in it. That's like the active ingredient. I'm used to salicylic acid, right. Being the active ingredient to fight acne. So what was like, what was the thinking behind including sulfur here? Well, I mean, there's a lot of different thought processes that go into product innovation and, you know, retailers want newness, consumers want newness. And I'm a huge fan of salicylic acid, but it's like, how many forms can somebody buy it in? Yeah. And we mm -hmm. hadn't done a whole bunch with sulfur and sulfur I love as an acne treatment. Um, it's actually one of the main ingredients in the clear skin cleansing bar. So the white yep. jar. Yep. Um, and so it was just kind of like, Benzyl, there's benzoyl peroxide, there's mm -hmm. salicylic acid, there's, you know, like niacinamide even kind of is a dual acting ingredient for dark marks and breakouts. But sulfur, we just had done minimal things with, but the results are amazing. So that was why I chose that. And then I added that niacinamide in for that blemish control that right. leaves behind. Right. Can I you was use going... the chemical peel pads on your body? Oh yeah, you know, skin is skin. I think the only thing about the body is it tends to be thicker. Yeah. And so when developing the body line, I really tried to make it more aggressive, like put 
much higher level glycolic acid in it than I would typically for the face, um, just because the skin is thicker and it can take more aggressive high strength ingredients to really turn over that top dead layer of skin that needs to be renewed and you know revamped. Um, and so, but you can use my products anywhere. I mean, I use my acne or my clear complexion acne serum all the time on the little pimples I get on my chest. Mm. Right. I was going to tell a story about my experience using these three products, but I'm going to save that for the beauty moment that we do. <laughs> I'm like, cause we got like later minutes. on. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to save that for the beauty moment. Um, so can we talk a little bit, Talia, do you have something in particular you want to, you want to ask? Cause uh, I have questions. Not about really. I do want to know um, because you just celebrated your 10 year anniversary with urban skin RX. I do want to know from a business perspective, um, what's like one of the most vital things you've learned as an entrepreneur, because I really think that that's where this generation is going. Like everyone's trying to build their own business. And there are so many people starting skincare lines, like out of their kitchen. Like what should they know? What have you learned? So many things. I mean, there's advice that I can give related to just being an entrepreneur in general. And then there's advice I can give related to, being an entrepreneur in the skincare industry. I think that in terms of being an entrepreneur, I mean, some of the advice I think that is just invaluable is being able to pivot. You know, there every day, my day does not go as planned. And if it's very important to have strategy and to future plan, but if you are not flexible, you know, and are not ready to problem solve and to go in different directions, then can be pretty hard to succeed. Um, I mean, you want to be strong in your core values and lead the company in, in your mission, but, you know, from COVID to people quitting or stealing to <laughs> competitors to, right. you know, social media channels being hacked. Like if you have all your eggs in one basket, it, you just have to be flexible. Um, so that's a lot of what I've learned. Also, um, I think in terms of the skincare industry, yes, I mean, the amount of competition out there is insane. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a blessing now that I really went into a niche category, which shouldn't be a niche category, but at the time was, you know, multicultural skincare didn't exist for the most part. And so I can't just imagine being another like cool skincare line out there, you know, even if yeah. it's clinical or holistic or green or clean or cannabis, it's just like, there's so freaking many of them. Yeah. Um, so I think that Packaging is really important, which I've struggled with tremendously. Thank you, Jesus, that my formulas are as good as they are. Although <laughs> our packaging is really going, I wonder if I had any pictures. No, in an amazing direction is a final re revamp, not for the mass products, but for the pro strength side. Oh, I was going to say, you don't like the, the packaging? No, so, you know, we're sold in mass, which is, you know, Target, CVS, and then Ulta has a mass side and then a prestige side. And we have some very exciting news with that. But right now we're in the mass side and right. 
eventually there might be some news about the other side. Um, but our pro strength brand, I've struggled with the branding. It's kind of like the elevated part of our line with higher strength formulas, um, just more unique formulas that I cannot produce at prices under $25 and have really wanted to just make it look amazing and cool and trendy and haven't been able to and we finally got it down got it all right but, uh, anyway so i would say you know consumers first thing that they look at for the most part is marketing packaging just because you love it doesn't mean everybody else is going to love it so really try to do some focus groups some for surveys um on you know who you want your core customer to be, go and find those people. And they can't be like friends or family because then they're kind of already, you know, invested in the brand and wanting you to be successful. Um, and then your formulas. I mean, you're only as good as your formulas. And if I didn't have the background that I have with, you know, working with hundreds of other skincare lines before creating my own and seeing what worked and what didn't at different strengths, I don't know where I'd be today. So yeah, I think formulas and the way it looks is super important if you right. want to chance. So let's keep talking about recent news because Urban Skin RX, there has been a lot going on with you guys. Um, so Talia already said you just celebrated 10 years. You actually just sold the med spa oh so you saw yeah i was wondering in my in my wording if like how i should talk about it aren't because you know well i saw yeah it, well the, and the reason i bring it up is because you it was on social Watch media it. exactly yeah. so mm -hmm. that's why i figured it was safe to talk about yeah <laughs> if not we can edit this right on out no, no, no. i put it out there i didn't put it with like close friends or anything and the only reason i haven't done more to like really push it is because the new owner is so amazing and i want him to have the best chance possible yeah. and i've been on the fence about like announcing it left and right would i be setting him up to lose clients yeah. So it's not a secret. I'm happy to talk about it here. I've, you know, I just did an interview with WWD this morning. I didn't answer it because it wasn't asked, you know, okay. but um, my heart is still with that company. Like I had to sell it because I couldn't do right by it. And I felt mm -hmm. like it deserved more. And so who I chose was really because I felt like he had the best chance to finish out like you know, what I started and make it even better. And so that's the only reason why I'm not like. Yeah. So when I go I, to the med spot, I won't see you there. Now I'm sad. <laughs> I haven't been there for a couple of years. Oh, okay. Well, that makes me no. feel better. Okay. <laughs> no, but it's interesting. We're in the same parking lot as them. So I'm in like this huge office park and um, my med spas in the same office park is Urban Skin Arts headquarters. So, but, so, and I was just going to ask about that as well, because the headquarters are new, right? You just. Was it just so, built or you just moved into it? So this company has grown so fast. So I built a new location for my med spa two and a half years ago. And at that point in time, there was only like three or four Urban Skin RX employees. And so I went building out this huge, large new location for my med spa. I made this like back room for me and my Urban Skin RX employees. Well, quickly within a year, we grew to like 15 people. So I was like, okay, I need a separate location for Urban Skin Rx. So at that point, I was still more involved with the med spa and I wanted it to be like 
really close. So I built it in the same office park and we started with 3000 square feet, moved into it a year ago. And I just added a month ago, 3000 more square feet because we're now at 40 employees. Wow. So the med spa has about 30 and urban skin arts has about 40 employees. Right. That's amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. It, it, I, I Congratulations. Like, I'm like, what's your name? What position did you get? I don't know these people anymore. It's crazy. So many people were hired through COVID. I'm like, we need wow. like a networking event. But it's because wow. of COVID, you still like, you can't do all those normal things. I would, I'd be normally having cocktail hours every Friday and I can't do that right now. <laughs> so Can we you only share have, with us? oh, go ahead. Uh, so I was going to, well, go ahead, Talia. Ask that question and then I'll. Can you share with us kind of like any things that you do regarding your skin? So like yes. I just got a booty facial and it was one of the best experiences of my oh, life. That category has grown so much. <laughs> I literally just sent my social and marketing team that I wanted them to do an Instagram live series on but skincare. I can totally be on it because I have hyperpigmentation. <laughs> like my biggest skincare challenge is the hyperpigmentation on my butt and legs. And I am actively working on it. With my, with my body collection. Oh, it works so good. Our retinol even tone body serum is so good. I am ready. And it's like, that's, that's been like a big thing. Um, so what was the question again? Say it one more time. <laughs> What things are you doing? So I'm doing booty oh, facials. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh God, I struggle so much with my skin. Um, I suffer from melasma so badly, which is mm -hmm. like pigmentation. I get like these brown blotches all over my face. My and, mom has that right now. And once you get it, you pretty much don't get rid of it. Wow. Yeah. And so it's just, what am I always doing? I mean, I'm always trying to do retinols like so I do my even tone night treatment I do our super C brightening serum I'm developing a new lightning product because hydroquinone which I do love a lot of retailers through the cares act don't want to carry hydroquinone anymore mm -hmm. and so I'm making an alternative we will still carry the even tone night treatment on our website but just to have that really great powerful dark spot serum for our pro strength line for retailers so I've been in this kind of trial process with creating that product, which will have a very high strength transexamic acid formula in it. Um, so just anti-aging and hyperpigmentation, you know, like not to be like woes me, but I am around so many beautiful black women with all that melanin and collagen that I just don't have. And so <laughs> always like I look old as hell and I have to remember that for a white woman I'm actually doing pretty you look good I was about to say do not look old Rachel please I'm telling you I'll, I'll be with like you know my director of HR is older than me and um you know she's like this beautiful brown complexion she has way less wrinkles than me and I have to be like, I can't compare myself to her <laughs> All right, so before, because we only have a couple minutes left, we want to get you off on time. Before I ask you our last question, let's talk about our beauty moments of the week. So it's something good, bad, or ugly, something beauty related. So mine is, I am currently PMSing. My friend should be coming today because I feel the cramps already. And I typically get really bad breakouts. And I always eat way more sugar than I should. Like the few days leading up to my period, which then has me break out. 
And since probably the last three to four days, I've literally been using the Even Tone and the the um the skin cleansing bar and the uh acne and blemish control mask. There is not a single bump on my face. So that's why I was like, oh, I'm gonna talk about these products because they work. And when I tell you, like by now, there would literally be I had four cookies yesterday and a pack of Oreos. And I had a milkshake the day before and something else. There's not, don't oh. judge me. Listen, my period runs my life when it comes. Not a single pimple on my face. And I'm very happy about that. So that's my beauty moment. <laughs> I'm having, I'm having um, the complete opposite. So stress plays a big, uh, big deal in how my skin looks. And this week I've been incredibly uh, stressed. Uh, so I did something with myself today. I put on a little bit of makeup for you. I did a little lip for you. And so um, cute, I'm like, that's, that's all I can do to kind of, you know, just make myself feel better because I'm breaking out. I have like concealer over my little bumps. And I'm like, this week is just a vanity week. It's just like, you know what, Talia, you look so fucking raggedy. The least you can do is get on this call and do something with your face. Now you better start using these cleansing bars. <laughs> I don't. So what is, um, gosh, for me, and I don't know if it goes in line with you, but like I said, I am struggling coming to terms with the aging process. Um, and so like my go-to has been lately adding a drop of the hydronutrient radiance restore oil into my foundation because mm. like that typical matte look that I used to go for is now making me look old as hell. It's like without that do, it's just like making my skin, like almost pronouncing my wrinkles more. So that's been kind of my go-to. So I look a little bit oily, but I look young. <laughs> you look cute. You look fine. Thank so we you have for that. Two, yes. more, two more questions. So my, okay. What is the number one thing that listeners should be doing to their skin? If it's like, this is all, like, if you just had to choose one thing, if it's like, this is what you should be doing. This is your focus. If you do nothing else, I'm you so can do this. Sunblock, so I'm not going to say sunblock because I'm just going to assume everybody knows that by now. I'm going to say retinol. Retinol till you die. Like, I don't care if you got good skin, bad skin, whatever. There's all different strengths of retinol. But if you want to maintain beautiful skin or you want to correct dark marks, breakouts, large pores, you need to be using a retinol every night. Love it. And our very last question, Rachel, is why does beauty need you? Because nobody else is going to tell it how it is. <laughs> Love it. Love that. Um, so that concludes our episode. Um, beauty needs me, fam. Make sure you like us on Instagram, follow us on Instagram, say hi to us. We love it when you talk to us. Subscribe on Apple and Spotify and everywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you. You guys have an amazing day and please be, um, stay in touch, okay? Okay.